everyone. I am Nicole. Hello, everybody. I am Earl Poiser. We're the Poisers. <laughs> Sorry, I jumped ahead. And this is the mix-up, episode ten. Episode ten coming at you um, this April twenty-fifth, twenty twenty-one. Yes. So and we were on a two-week hiatus we were on another one yeah that was my fault i um had my first dose of the covid vaccine and i did not feel so great so um we had to take a little little pause last weekend yeah mine's is coming up tomorrow your second so dose yes Woo. can't wait yes uh, usually i don't get too excited about getting stuck with a foreign object in my <laughs> skin but in these days and times and what's going on now I'll take it and I feel like it's an extra shield so to speak um, and, uh, and it'll give me closer, some peace of mind step closer to you know a semblance having of some kind of normalcy, normalcy whatever so. that means I still think things will be a little different for a while even as we get back to normal but it'll be nice to um, at least feel a little more comfortable mm-hmm. and protect others, sure. right? Yep, that's what it's about. That's it. So here we are. Um, we were gonna cover policing yes. in America because we had a verdict in the Derek Chauvin trial, mm-hmm. a very surprising verdict. Agreed. Um, guilty on all three counts which was the most shocking part for me I don't know I don't know your your thoughts going into it I don't know if they were the same as mine in the sense that I probably held a little bit more hope that he would be convicted than you did but I certainly did not envision guilty on three counts at all that was not even that was not even a glimmer of anything there yeah um i was kind of waiting with bated breath to see what the justice system quote unquote (laughs) would have in store or what they would deliver um for the masses to hear and um you know, it was just kind of going back to past history, um, in particular, 92 with Rodney King, where at that time, I think the majority of people that saw that tape of that pummeling of that beating of Rodney King for a traffic stop, we thought to ourselves, there's no way that they could let these guys off because we saw the unnecessary force that was meted out on to Rodney King and it was like okay at the very least they're going to get one count of something like they're not going to quit them because we all saw what it was and then as we all know they were let off and they faced no punishment no charges anything like that um, or any convictions and of course LA burned after that and with also what burned was our Mm -hmm. faith in the justice system um, if we had any at all at that time. And if there was anything left, it was all gone to shit after that. 
Well, because it's it's and it's not even the fact that it it, it it's it I hmm, trying to think how to say this. It's also the fact that you in that moment right there was no conviction, but in all of the moments that have followed, more often than not, there aren't even charges, mm-hmm. right? There have been some cases, and they have not gone gone well um, and had the outcome people wanted but more often than not there aren't even charges so you know it's it's a lot of the time you don't even get to 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 that like you don't you don't even get to see a court case you don't get to hear that because it it doesn't get there and then if it does we've seen over time what what has happened consistently in terms of acquittals and people getting off for for murder um yeah but the thing is like even when the charges come like i'm not gonna really give them credit for that because the only reason the charges come in the first first place is because there has to be a national or international outrage Mm -hmm. and push and protest yeah and constant pressure to the systems that be to do the right thing when there's a layup right in front of them like it's still if we just relied on the police report and not the the video itself we would not be here like there are constant times where we have to advocate for the release of a tape a videotape um which would at least spell out to a certain extent the what events happened. at at that hand. moment yeah and mm-hmm. you know how many times if we just left yeah. the justice system to its own devices we wouldn't be here today especially with i believe the george F- yes. floyd case yes. F- floyd case because i agree that in of itself like that was a case of obvious accountability that you just had to 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 meet out because if you didn't in that case it's like oh my god i really have no um confidence in the justice system at all like if you can't even convict on that then it'd be absolutely ridiculous so it was a layup but i think too to your point when you bring up police reports there's been a lot of discussion recently about using police reports as something that's objective right Mm -hmm. because we're consistently seeing that they're just blatant lies Mm -hmm. because the police report after george floyd's death just said it was a medical incident Mm -hmm. right and so if we didn't have the video that we've all seen probably I mean, once is more than than I ever wanted to see it. But we've seen the video, and without the video, if you're taking the police report at its face, which generally that's what happens, right? There, there, we're not he- we're not having this conversation. Not at all. The conversation we would be having is that there, someone else is dead, and we don't know what the circumstances of that were outside of what the police report tells us mm-hmm. unless you get body cam footage released which is another obstacle because either 
it's hidden it's edited it's released after a battle in the courts to get it out there in front of people so you know the idea that we have these things like body cams which i guess falls under reform of some kind right because they didn't always have body cams Mm -hmm. but you know it's something that actually hasn't in my mind fixed any problems it is kind of added to the problems because we're not seeing the footage or officers turn off their cameras so that they're not caught doing things they shouldn't be doing Mm -hmm. in the first place and and especially after the release of the footage from the adam toledo case um there you could hear the talking that's like turn your cameras off turn your cameras off so if 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 this is the conversation that's happening brianna taylor's murder they didn't because of the nature of the warrant or whatever the excuse was none of them were wearing body cams they think only one was Mm -hmm. and that was just a fluke they weren't supposed to be wearing that so if we're if 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 this is supposed to be a way to provide some sort of accountability for police doing their jobs i would say it's not actually doing that right it's not providing that accountability and i also want to be clear in the discussion of the derek chauvin the verdict that it is not justice it is accountability because justice is that is us not having these conversations anymore about more bodies and more dead black and brown people. Mm-hmm. That that would be the justice, right? The accountability is what brought people out over the summer protesting. It's we want this person to be held accountable for their actions which has happened in this case but we will have the three other officers will be going on trial um dante wright's case will be starting at some point um ahmaud arbery his case hasn't started yet that trial hasn't started yet um so sorry it's not his case it's his killers but you know it's for as much as you want to take in the fact that Derek Chauvin is is going away for we don't know how long yet because he hasn't been sentenced as much as you want to enjoy that or savor that for what it is for how long it has taken to have the accountability it gets sucked out of you by the the cases that are coming up by the murders that have since happened one even right before the verdict was announced in ohio another one in north carolina so like these things are still happening and so while we're we're like all right great you're convicted you're going to prison it doesn't change the system. Not at all. I mean, the system was designed the way it was supposed to run, so I mean, it's doing what it's supposed to do, and it's basically foundational in 
um, and racism. It's, you know, I hate to hurt people's feelings, but that's just what it is. Um, I mean, you don't hate to hurt people's feelings. Like that's nah, they deserve to have their feelings hurt because because if you're not going to recognize. If you don't actually take a look at the roots and the history of policing in the United States, then you're doing yourself and everyone around you a great disservice because you need to understand how it started to under to know how we're here, right? Basically, you the thing is like people are always talking about rotten apples and things yes. of that nature, but thing with a rotten apple it's not the rotten apple itself it's the tree Mm -hmm. that's rotten and in that tree you're going to produce some good apples right but sure what happens is the rotten apples or the rotten produce is what overtakes and ends up um kind of calling the shots on what you're producing and what people see and you know when you see a rotten apple at the top of uh, uh, you know a bunch of apples you tend to be turned off regardless if there are good apples underneath because the rotten apples are going to overtake and basically calling the shots on whether or not somebody decides that they're going to want to indulge in the rest of those apples and uh, yeah and so what what happens is we tend to minimize the grievances of people who were telling you something true and something with their lived in experience every day every month every year and also something that's generational mm-hmm. and it's insulting that certain people who are living those experiences and you have on top of that scholars who study this who make this their life's work who are telling you that these things are real yeah that somehow now you being outside of that you not experiencing these things that you can tell them that what they're saying is not true that what they're saying is somehow a tool to quote-unquote divide us and divide the nation Mm -hmm. No, what is dividing us yeah. is the racism itself. Mm-hmm. And as long as you decide to put on blinders and disregard that and say that it is not true, that you would rather tell your kids to believe in Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and everything else that we decide that we want to believe and hold up this mysticism and this greatness and this romanticism that is America, if we are going to just extract the what we see as the goodness of America and leave all the ugly parts behind and pretend that they don't exist, we're going to end up on this treadmill and hamster, constantly... I think it's the hamster wheel. I'd say a hamster wheel, maybe. Treadmill, right? hamster wheel, yeah. whatever. They, they both going nowhere. stagnant and You're they ain't going, going anywhere. Nowhere. So we're just going to end up in the same place thinking that we're going somewhere if we close our eyes. Yeah, I'm going somewhere. But you open your eyes, in reality, you're not. Mm-hmm. And so we have to have a reckoning and a understanding that these things are real and these things were 
manifested over periods of time and although certain things may not be as blatant the laws the laws were written a certain way back in the 1900s 1800s whatever and the spirit of those laws and those regulations are still still there finding their Mm -hmm. way in some form of fashion some iteration in our healthcare system in the prison pipeline um in our educational system in um you know what we tell our kids what we teach our kids uh certain standards um that are expected of white people versus black people you know media things of that nature and that also uh finds itself within the police departments because before people are police they are citizens and so what they do is they take on these different um stereotypes and tropes and things like that that america and its media would have you have pumped out to us constantly of what black people are and you know you have to see them as threats and and they're and they're and they're this and they're that and you know you have to be careful when you approach them or how you know things of that nature so when you're internalizing this and taking this all in and then you're hiring those same people with those prejudices and those biases it'll come out in their actions um as we have seen over the years and you know so that's what we mean when we say institutionalized racism it's it's because what makes the institutions and the systems is all of those factors coming together and and converging and creating um, this mentality of how we are supposed to deal with certain people that we see at the bottom of the totem pole. So a few things related to that. One, I the, the end made me think of something I saw on Twitter where it was like, white people will say... Ooh, no, don't go to that neighborhood. It's not so good, but it's just black people living there doing their thing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. right? Like, the, that that goes back to your perceive black people as a threat or this is how you have to handle this situation versus that. Um, but what I was going to say was going back to the bad apples, good apples argument or whatever, talking point maybe is the better way to... to um, characterize it that um the the folks that are the good apples right if you are this good apple you're not saying anything right you're not calling out anything that you see that's bad and the the ones that do we have seen how they have been treated right so We had that here in New York a number of years ago with cops that came out and talked about the quotas and and all of that stuff. And, you know, they were protecting their identity because they didn't want anybody to know that they were talking about the department in this light for things that that most of us already kind of knew existed. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you take this recent case in Buffalo, the former officer who she intervened when one of her fellow officers was going to use a chokehold on Carol someone. Horn or Horn, yes, yes. 
was going to use a chokehold and she intervened and basically like tackled that officer they got into a fight she ended up getting fired he got promoted and she had tried to fight to get her pension and all these benefits that she had lost because she had been fired because she's like i just did like this isn't what we're supposed to do i said this is wrong and she look how she was treated they have since ruled in her favor but it's what 15 years later right only because because of, of what happened George Floyd. in minneapolis so it. so and the other point is that we hear about these laws that are written in now within police forces where it's like the you know to do just what she did to speak out when you see like you can tell your fellow officer they're not they're not doing the right thing in that moment if you see them doing something wrong it's okay to tell them that but like this has to be written in for people to do it and that when i heard that i'm like that is it just me or like does nobody else realize that that is a massive problem if you have to tell other officers to that it's okay to speak up when they see something that is obviously wrong then maybe we need to take a closer look at the system itself to determine why this is happening we know why it's happening you and i we've we know why it's happening right it's rhetorical but like why do we have to write in laws to say it's okay to tell someone they're not doing something the right way but isn't that a telltale sign of why it is the system because but, if, right. you know, if you have a system that doesn't reward you for doing the right this thing, is what i'm saying there, if i did something wrong at my job someone would tell me they're not going to get fired for that mm -hmm same for you right if, if if you did something wrong if if anybody in any sort of corporate job did something wrong that's not like egregious that would get you fired okay like let's, let's <laughs> qualify that but you would someone would tell you so it doesn't happen again right so this is where we are that we have to have stuff written in to tell another cop that it's okay to stop another officer from doing wrong. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, blows my freaking mind. Yeah, it's sad. And so, I think the other significant part, and we touched on this when we talked about the trial, but the other significant part of the trial itself were the cops who were active police and part of the Minneapolis police force who broke the quote-unquote blue wall of silence and said this isn't protocol this isn't right what he did was wrong da 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 but I'm going to counter that because as we also discussed briefly when we talked about the case a few weeks ago it wasn't the first time Derek Chauvin knelt on someone's neck for an extended period of time. He was never disciplined for that, at least adequately. No one told him, 
hmm, maybe you should get off of that person. Not once, not twice, not the three, the four times that he did it. So, and look, and look, and look where that led us. And yeah. in Columbus, there Is was... Is the same thing with Philando? Remember Philando yes. Castile? He got stabbed like 47 times um, before he got killed. So, this just goes to show, like, if you constantly... First of all, it's like, we are asking these cops to stop regular citizens mm. over minor traffic Gar- infractions it and just crazy stuff. A, it shouldn't even be. It's like thing. if yes. I basically got stopped in New York for jaywalking. Like, that would be absolutely ridiculous. Like, that's not hurting anyone. Um, no one is in immediate harm's way or anything of like that nature. But if a cop was just stopped, like, hey. But, you know, we know that nine times out of ten, I'm going to be stopped if if anything, yes. and someone else would be allowed to go by. Like, technically, yeah, I guess mm-hmm. it's against the law because it's on the books, yes. but, like... There's a ton of stuff you have to you don't even... Yeah. You have to use your common sense and have some discretion as a law enforcement officer to say, is this really worth it? Mm-hmm. Is this really worth my exactly. time and is it really worth yes. the money or what have you and especially when it comes to black people they're like you know what uh, yeah i'm gonna mess with him just because you know and then it leads and then it starts to facilitate you know situations where it can get out of hand and somebody can end up where, harmed or dead where did we hear it or i heard it or read it about how like stops black people versus white people and like the the rates at which they're stopped and that the the number drops at night mm-hmm. for black people right because you can't tell who's who right <sighs> and so i saw something else it was a this thread on twitter about the columbus ohio police force because mm-hmm. we have that um Makia, right? Her name, Makia. So yeah, yeah. Like minutes before the verdict um, was announced, um, where this person analyzed the data of excessive force complaints against police in um, Columbus, Ohio. Makia Bryant. Makia Bryant. Yes, thank you. And there were some pretty egregious numbers in there with excessive force. And so they took the excessive force complaints and they looked at, I think it was from 2001 to 2016 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they looked at if the officer was found to be, you know, um, guilty of whatever the complaints were and at times yes they were but there was no proper punishment for that and or the union can go in and say oh well this police officer did that but four years ago this officer did something similar and this was their punishment so the they shouldn't be they should just be punished equally and this that you know and trying to toe that line but that the excessive, the force 
tends to get progressively worse over time and leads in not all cases but some cases to people being shot Mm -hmm. so right if we're rewarding patterns of behavior which is what we essentially do when when we don't hold the police accountable for things that they're doing Mm -hmm. that are clearly wrong you know we get to this place that we're in where we have where we create more hashtags so you know I I find it fa- not to cut you off, but real quick. No, I just no, find no. it Go fascinating on. how we don't hold the, it, it's a profession where basically yeah. you can hold the um you have someone's life in your hands, so to speak, because you're yeah. walking around with a, a, a weapon, um, and you have a billy club, what have you, as well. Um, and we have other occupations, other vocations where we hold them more accountable for, you know, how they perform in their jobs over an extended period of time, and if they don't uphold certain standards they're going to get demoted and or fired mm-hmm. like for instance if i was a contractor and i had constant complaints about the structure of my buildings and i didn't uh live up to fire codes and people were dying as a as, as a result of that yeah. like how many you're, you know there'd yeah. be court cases you're held liable I'd be or you're sued, fined you're whatever you're sued all yeah, of that all type of, of stuff mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. there'd be some kind of register to say hey watch out for this guy don't hire this guy um he's dangerous he's had a history of you yep. know not doing right by by the people um same thing with doctors malpractice um you know, there's a certain You register. have insurance. Yeah, exactly. There's certain <laughs> registers, I'm sure, where, you know, you can't just hop from hospital to hospital or clinic to clinic because they would have a record of you and say, we can't hire you because, you know, you've people under your care have been killed or hurt or maimed or, you know, when you were supposed to operate on their leg, you operated on their arm and you switched their arm and leg or what have you. And I just find it so amazing that the cops are the only ones in which we, first of all, hold up on this crazy pedestal. Um, there's so much, you know, pressure on the job of it itself. It is a pressure job, and I won't ever take anything away from that. Yes. But at the same time, you can't have a job like that and say that it's so dangerous and you don't understand what's going to happen and things happen so quickly that if I make a mistake and I kill someone, I can't be held accountable. It's, you know, there's certain, there's a certain makeup. You should have a mental makeup and physical makeup or what have you, where if you're put in certain situations, you know that you should be able to handle it. And if you are not able to handle it or if you have a there's a pattern of of you abusing power mm-hmm. or making these egregious mistakes mm-hmm. that can cost people their lives mm-hmm. you shouldn't have this job so here because because like 
I know I can't be a basketball player because, I mean, I love basketball, but I'm 5'9", and I'm just not going to be able to cut it. I mean, there have been, you know like, shorter I'm players. not going to be able to cut it because <laughs> I don't have the skills sure. in order to make up for what I lack in but here, size and, here's and, the and, thing. and, and uh, height. So it's like, I know myself. You should know yourself and say, I'm maybe not cut out for this job. The the, the thing here too the is the system rewards it, but also for for whatever reason, I shouldn't say that. I mean, we we kind of know it, but the, the police are not supposed to be the judge, the jury, and the executioner, right? Like that is not the function. That is not what it's supposed to be. You're supposed to. If you're out serving a warrant, you serve the warrant, you apprehend the person, you find the suspect, you bring them in, and then the legal system takes over. The justice system takes it from there, the right? The touted legal That's, system, which we all love I, and praise, you know? This is how it's supposed to work. If, you're not supposed to show it, up to an incident and just pull out your gun and shoot somebody. You like, know? this isn't, this is not... That is not, I'm pretty sure the handbook tells you that is not what you're supposed to immediately do. And if you show up and there's 15-year-old girls and they're fighting about something, even if one of them has a knife, you can't, first of all, you don't yell, get down. I don't know what the hell that's supposed to mean. And you don't just shoot people. Mm -hmm. You don't just shoot people. Four times at that. In the chest. In the chest. You that. don't do it. Even if this person had a gun that you were telling them to drop, and then they do drop it behind a fence and turn around and show their hands, you do not shoot them. Sorry. I'm, it, know, this bugs me. You do not shoot them. That's not it. So if you are... And that's... and the, Because, like, with the Adam Toledo thing, the shooting... They were like, oh, the cop was, you know, it, w it was a dangerous situation. I'm like, he's chasing a kid, right? He's chasing him. He's chasing Adam and tells him to drop the weapon, to which we all have seen the at least the still, right? He puts it behind the fence, whatever is there, and turns around and does what this cop is saying and if you as the police officer who is wearing armor and bulletproof vests and has you know all of this on you versus the civilian who generally does not have I'm not wearing bulletproof vests when I go outside can't take those extra seconds to realize that there's nothing in anybody's hand and you're just going to shoot them Maybe you shouldn't be in this job. Now, real quick, going back to the Columbus, the thread that I was talking about, it was from 2001 to 2018, so I will correct, I, I said the wrong years. 99% um, of incidents resulted in no discipline, even for officers with the worst records. And among those who used the most force, which were 40 plus cases, only one 
was disciplined more than with like a reprimand or counseling, right? The general thing. Mm -hmm. That one officer was Adam Coy, who had been suspended, but he wasn't fired until last year when he killed Andre Hill, an unarmed black man, was charged with the murder in February and is facing trial. Most officers who've used force 40-plus times also have shootings on their records, and in some cases, multiple shootings. So they're consistently using more force, deadly force included. Um, and then a group of only 6% of all Columbus police officers were responsible for 50% of all use of force incidents. So only 6%, I'll repeat that, of all the Columbus police officers responsible for 50% of the use of force incidents. And they're still on the force and there's varying factors on that, right? Because we kind of, we know what they are. The system, you know, puts the police in charge of policing themselves, which is a problem, which is why we have, like, civilian complaint review boards and other things like that, um, in the hopes that we can change that the police aren't the ones policing themselves and we have an independent council there to look at these things. Um, but the Columbus Police Union contract allows officers who are disciplined or fired to appeal by picking an arbitrator to hear the case, and they can fully reinstate officers if they find a case where another one wasn't disciplined as severely for committing a similar act. Which you're going to find, right? Because of what I had said earlier about this. So, most aren't disciplined. So, in 74% of cases where officers appeal discipline, they're going to get reinstated and overturn the discipline. I believe if... I'm not mistaken, Derek Chauvin, if he was somehow acquitted of um, killing George Floyd, I think he would have been able to file some kind of appeal or something like that and be able oh to get his job back. So therein lies the problem, right? Like somehow that cop is being done wrong and he needs to gain his job back, even though what we've seen on tape was absolutely right. disgusting right. and mm -hmm. no way he should be able to work anywhere else mm -hmm. so you know just imagine if he would have gotten acquitted or he would have been able one to one of the, the uh, first of all else. the officer involved in Jacob Blake's shooting is back on the job right mm -hmm. yeah yep yep yeah. so the, Brianna, one of one of the officers involved in Brianna Taylor's death, has got a book deal. Yeah, uh, and I believe the officer who was responsible for Tamir Rice's death, I think he got transferred to another department or something like that. Or you know, even if they're not in the same state, they can go to another state, go to another total different precinct. Or it's what like have it's you. like the Catholic Church moving yeah, around, right? The, just shift the them priests. around, yeah. You know, and <laughs> there, there should be a. This is. This is where I think it'd be prudent to have a like federal database somehow where you keep track of the bad actors. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you always want to talk about bad apples. If you want to root them out, then let's keep track of who they are so they don't um, 
stymie the progress sure or pollute you know what you say is just a bunch of bad apples messing up your system like and the other thing too is is you know for for all the things that come out of right like the no-knock warrants or banning chokeholds or all of those things right they're not fixing the deeply rooted systemic issues at all granted you know we shouldn't have chokeholds and and no knock warrants in certain cases right like those things we know we know because nine times out of ten where those no knock warrants happening right they happen in black neighborhoods they're happening where right. there are predominantly people of color but so. but, but they go, it kind of, it goes back to the whole conversation about reform and we you know we talked you and I talked about reform and abolition and the buzzwords and the terms right because people talk about defund the police and then there's the whole like what do you do when there's no cops and it's like that's not actually what it means but people take it on its face and take it very literally so they take abolition literally where it's like there's never going to be a police force anywhere ever again and oh my god we're going to be we're going to be living in some lawless society which I mean some would argue we kind of already do but um, but it's it's really more about going underneath the roots of the tree and and pulling apart all of that stuff, all of the dead pieces to fix the issues. You know, when 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 you go back and understand what slave patrols are and were and how that fits in the initial introduction of policing in this country you see you see how it just builds on top on top on top yeah you know and you know within all of that um you know we also have to i think talk about the qualified immunity um, yes, yeah, know, that's a big one because mm-hmm. it's. I, I think that basically is kind of a cushion for a lot of cops where if they feel like there's not going to be any, um, you know, significant repercussions for mm-hmm. any potentially deadly acts that they do while on duty, then it's like it's right. just going to be a free for all, and and I think that basically when you have that in the back of your mind you know if you already have some crazy like for instance what happened in uh in the what was that virginia where the guy stopped over the lieutenant yes that was um, virginia yeah mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if you had like if i if i take a guy like that because you know that cop was like he like he was on steroids. Like he was just ready for any type he of action. Just, he yeah. was just he wanted something. He was ready from the yes, jump. Yeah. So if I take a guy like that, <laughs> who was not about, um, you know, distributing law equally mm-hmm. and just you know doing what he has to do and then going about his business and letting that civilian go about their business, he's just about I want to show some kind of. Uh, superiority over you some kind of control over you um and it's just about you obeying me and doing what i say 
um, and basically humiliating you. If we have guys like that on the force and we now compound that with the knowledge that they have qualified immunity, mm-hmm. like it's going to just exasperate a situation because if you feel like you can just do stuff like that, even when you're on camera, yeah, that just makes for very dangerous situations where you're not even thinking to yourself that I need to get out this situation safely and I also need to have that citizen get out the situation safely. Well, I can't, yeah. And I'm... so what that what that does is it basically almost gives a green light to these officers to say yes. do what you will and you know right. let the chips fall where they because may and if something not... happens yes. and something happens. So and I don't remember who said it, where I heard it because there Maybe it was one of the podcasts we were listening to. I don't remember, but they were talking about um, how doctors have malpractice insurance Mm -hmm. and that maybe if police officers had to carry insurance policies versus the way things are now because in talking about the suits that come out of excessive force complaints and, Mm -hmm. right, like, George Floyd's family getting what was it like twenty seven million dollars from Minneapolis, Breonna Taylor's family getting money from from Louisville, like all of those things, that money is taxpayer money. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if people understand how those payments work. They are they are parts of their line items and budgets that pay that is money set aside to pay out things mm-hmm. like excessive force complaints and suits. And so if... And they get more and more expensive every year. They're seems. getting... Right. So, because instead of actually fixing the problems, right. this is what happens. And, you know, I would rather the, the problems be fixed than, than have to have a line item that allows for payments to families who have been wronged by the system. Like, it's it's ridiculous. They might be putting this as a deductible on but it, taxes. But, it was, but it's doing. more of just the fact of if, if police had to carry around an insurance policy like a doctor does, mm-hmm. let's say, and this is very loose, but... And that is what was paid out versus the taxpayer funds. Mm-hmm. Right. Would we continue to see the same stuff that we're seeing now if if an officer was then held to the standard yeah but you know their excuses i won't be able to do my job because you know if i have this hanging over me and look i'm not saying listen should police be doing traffic stops no should police be handling homeless the homeless in the streets or mentally ill calls no absolutely not they're not trained for that it is not we as a society have put a ton of stuff Mm -hmm. on police forces Mm -hmm. that they quite frankly should not be handling Mm -hmm. so so that is part and that is part of the defund the police movement and ideology is that if we pull the money from the police budget and we put it into the things like mental health um, homeless outreach and all of these other programs that do exist in other areas and we put the money there where it should be, Mm -hmm. we could then build out that more robust system 
to handle those it's things, and then it doesn't fall on the funds. police. But then it yeah. doesn't fall on the police. And I'm sure the police would be happy with that too, because I'm, yes. you know, I know there's a lot of police out there who are just saying to anybody who would listen, like, dude, like we have a lot on our plate, yes. and we don't need any more on our plate because the stresses of the job it's already inherent within the job and mm-hmm. so you don't need to exasperate that by adding on other things and put us in these situations where it could be a dangerous outcome mm-hmm. um, and you know so I, I, we got to think about a lot about that and also like I'd like to also add that um, in, in 67 the Supreme Court created the judicial doctrine of qualified immunity mm-hmm. um and you know they they believe if they believe they were acting in good faith and their actions had quote unquote probable cause um but we should know that that doctrine was established in response to the civil rights act of 1871 which had been enacted to fight violence by mm. the Ku Klux Klan in the aftermath of the civil war a section of that act now generally known as section 1983 allow citizens to sue state and local government officials and employees for compensatory damages for violations of their fourth amendment rights <laughs> so yeah. once again uh, as i've said before it keeps yeah. this is from a system that was based on white supremacy and racism right yes. so yes. we had something that was basically in response Yes. a backlash to something that was supposed to be for the protection of the rights of the citizen in which we tout and uphold in the constitution because it's all about the people yet and still we have taken a portion of our of our of our demog- of our society uh, 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 um, something that was formed from the black codes and, and slave catchers and all of that to put them and uphold them to a higher standard than our regular civilians. So what does that tell you? Everything comes back in a circle. So it is an iteration of that, you know, racist, oppressive system. And, you know, we're using police basically as, you know, for lack of a better term, like the bouncers. Like I want to get in this club. Like nah, I'm basically I'm the wall that I decide where you go. I decide if you're going to stay out here in the streets right. or be able to allow to 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 come into this establishment. Um, and so we just got to you know we got to mm-hmm. keep that in mind. You know, so I, I just think it's a you know it's a, a fallacy or it's disingenuous when you know they try to use these excuses of. I'm not going to be able to do my job if we take away qualified immunity because if that's the case, maybe we should take away certain restrictions for other jobs as well that would uh, that has people's livelihood and well-being and uh, basically their lives in their hands. You know, why don't we just go across the board? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, there's certain regulations in my job certain regulations in your job certain things that we just can't do and if we get fired because what we did was wrong especially if it was over and over and over again you know I can't really have any beef against that but somehow some way 
you know, the police are exempt from, you know, these, uh, these regulations that, you know, we think are used to protect the people. But when those people are disproportionately people of color who are getting hurt, it's just no wonder why there's no rush to change the system. Because when it's, you know, America has shown when it wants to do something, when it puts its minds and hearts and money and finances to it, it'll be able to do it. It'll do it. It'll find a way. But if it doesn't affect, you know, if it affects the marginalized or disenfranchised, somehow they tend to drag their feet. They find a way to drag their feet and say, wait, they're moving too fast and blah, blah, blah. Like we had an American revolution. You know what I'm saying? Like we had a revolution. (laughs) But when it comes to black people and their revolution, somehow it's dangerous. It's too much. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you're dividing the country by saying that. No, 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 no. If we don't talk about racism, it'll go away. I like that one. Can you imagine if it was a doctor, if I was your doctor, (laughs) you would basically... If um, we don't talk about your cancer, it'll disappear. It will go away. (laughs) How dare you tell me I have cancer? That, no, you're a bad doctor for telling me that. Mm. You were trying to help me. Oh, no, Mm -hmm. we can't have that. Like, that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So, if you take it on a macro level, you got to think of it that way. Like, okay, I'm telling you this. This is what happened. You always got to bring race into it. Ugh. I'm not the one that's bringing it. America has brought right? it. Right? Like that one, too. Those I'm get the, me. I'm just, I'm just the messenger. Don't shoot. What's the saying? Don't shoot the messenger. Yeah. You know, be mad at the message. Well, and that's why now there's this push to pass the um, the George Floyd Justice and Policing mm-hmm, Act, mm-hmm. which, good luck getting that passed. But, um, yeah. Politics is just poisoning everything right now. It's just, yeah. You know, this is not something which we need to inject politics into. Mm-hmm. This is just a matter of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. and wrong. That is it. That's it. It's not really, if you just, if you peel the layers, it's not asking for a lot, right? No. no. You just want to be treated like anybody mm-hmm. else. Like mm-hmm. I would be treated if I was stopped by a cop, yeah. which I'm generally not but yeah which is the point right like i just you shouldn't have to fear for your life you shouldn't have to see exactly if you would you you would be allowed to leave a situation you should be able to you should you shouldn't have to fear driving a car yeah you You should feel comfortable knowing that you shouldn't have to fear that or what kind of car you buy you saved up all your money to buy a car and then you're worried about will this car get me pulled over more than the other one which one should i get or if you were to somehow you know go five miles per hour over the speed limit or if you were to run a stop sign and you know, you shouldn't feel like if you get stopped, you're going to be thrown on the car and mm-hmm. ask to spread them and ask to be searched for drugs and all that. Like, no, give you the ticket um, and send you on your way. And then, you know, and just have your character smeared in the process. Yeah, exactly. You know, and because like, like, you know, like I've said before, it's not even just about, you know, life and death all the time, but it's about dignity 
It's about respect. Mm-hmm. It's about being treated like a human. Um, and not so feeling like you're beneath somebody's shoe. Yeah. You know, and that's what it's about. It's just it's just basically all of the uh, the things that you would want for yourself as, as, as a regular human being here in America or anywhere else in the world for mm-hmm. that matter. So, um, that, yeah. that's it. You know, so it's just, we got to f- fix the mindset and fix the system and, and not have everyone um, feel as if we that don't want to individualize it. So white supremacy it. or, or, uh, uh, System rooted in white supremacy does not equal all white people are right. racist. It's not an attack it's on not white the people same thing. You know what I'm saying? It's not an attack on individuals, and I think that's the yes big problem uh, is that people can't get beyond that. They can't get beyond themselves, and so that's a problem with you because what that exposes is a selfishness. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't see outside of yourself and see what people are saying, um. Rooted We're not in getting anywhere. And rooted in honesty, um, then you're essentially willing to stay stuck. You want to stay to yourself, and you know, and and that and that in itself is what you know is rooted. And we're talking yep. about um, promulgates a lot of this uh, the issues in which we've been talking about. So yeah, you know, get outside of yourself. Um, and look beyond and then you'll be able to be a uh, a what's the word I would say a uh, substantial uh, purveyor of meaningful change you know so yeah that's that's all I can say about that alright yeah on that note Thank you all for taking the time to listen. And hopefully we will be back in in a weekly fashion. Now, we'll see see how that goes. But I am Nicole. I'm Earl. Thanks for joining us. Much appreciated. Michelle. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So next time I uh, talk to you, I would have got my second vaccine yay um, yeah I will be an Avenger mm-hmm. I'm gonna get my superpowers mm. yeah. alright thanks y'all be good this is the mix up <laughs>